make me feel so young You make me feel like spring has sprung Like the way he's speaking His confidence is peaking Don't like his baggy jeans But I'ma like what's underneath him and Love is a Daydream Believers Podcast. I am your host, Space Surfing 18. And we are here at the podcast I'm sure you all have been waiting for the season five wrap up podcasts. And we're uh, all waiting for season five to end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, we were not. Maybe you were not waiting. For just the podcast. middle of it. <laughs> yeah, just the part before New York. All right. And so I have guests. Um, and I need to find a new adjective for these guests because if I call them awesome one more time, Bethany said she'd hurt me. So they're amazing. They're really cool. They are original. They are <laughs> arrhythmic. Arrhythmic. Also, I never said I would hurt you. <laughs> okay. She didn't actually threaten me, but you know, in her, you know, you know, it was just, you know, implied in my head. <laughs> okay, it wasn't. Anyway, I, I will let her start. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'm not that beyond Tumblr. And I am the astounding RB, also known as C. Kerouac on Tumblr. Hi, I'm Snarky Hag, and I am Snarky Hag on Tumblr. And everywhere. <laughs> In my email, I guess. <laughs> if you want to email me. <laughs> and in real life, she's a snarky hag. <laughs> this is true. I picked it well. I mean, this is like a whole call me, beat me, if you want to reach me kind of a yes. thing. <laughs> snarky hag. Okay, so we are talking about season five, and we're going to talk about my favorite subject on all of these podcasts, which is structure. Will, oh, sorry. <laughs> I would really like to talk about Will and his relationship with Sue, because I think that it's the most interesting and dynamic and fulfilling one on the show. I'll have to throw up on you. Throw <laughs> up on her. Oh man. Okay. This is taking a turn. <laughs> you know it's good when someone's gonna throw up on you. 
<laughs> you know, we will get there, Arby. We're going to save that for last. And if I forget about it. Up, <laughs> like, are you threatening me? Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> no, we're, no. we're going to get there. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. <laughs> You know, and if after we stop recording and I've forgotten, just remind me. It'll be fine. Um, oh, so. yeah, sure. Please, don't <laughs> let me forget to remind you that someone needs to throw up on me. No, I meant, I, meant, I meant talking about the villain, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I am not advocating anybody ever throw up on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless you want them to. I mean, if that's oh. okay. <laughs> Look, I read a lot of weird stuff on Main Street that I don't know happened in real life. One time, Arby threw up on me. It was awesome. <laughs> My hair First is insured for ten thousand dollars. So, okay. Oh my well, god, you really should put us back on track. Anyway, <laughs> structure. We need structure. So the outline for this is like twenty points too. It is ten, <laughs> but whatever. Point the first. <laughs> point the first. Okay. Right <laughs> oh, we're never gonna get through this. Okay. The point no, the first <laughs> is that the season. Okay, so the season of season five breaks down <laughs> in two parts. And kind of the 1 through 13, which is kind of an ending of all of the season 4 stuff. And then the New York arc. It is in two parts. It's almost like they broke up the season. Yeah. And I would even argue that the the first part is the ending to the whole first four seasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of has, like, the 13 kind of has a double... Because we were talking in season four about how, like, when we got to the end, it's like, this doesn't end. It's because the ending is actually here in the middle yeah. of season five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, it can't stand alone as a series finale. Because it can't. No. But I think, because there's still things to wrap up, yeah. Right. But I think that it also could, in a way, too. Like, I don't think it could. But it also could. Wait, what? Do you want to do you want to specify? What you, you lost mean? me. I know. Sorry. So what, it, what could what now? <laughs> sorry, it cannot stand alone as a series finale because there's too many storylines that needed to be wrapped up. But I think there is a point to be made that it also could because it wraps up the Lima storyline, and that is what the series started out well i mean this this particular episode if you took this episode 13 and put it on and the next episode be dreams come true i mean yeah i would miss a lot of the stuff that we got you know in the end of season five and some of the stuff in season six but you could do that pretty seamlessly right so yes um so yeah and the my thing is I really love season five. It is probably my favorite season to just like pop in and be entertained by. Um, but I do think that the stretching of it, because they are waiting and waiting and waiting to get to the hundredth episode and the thirteenth episode, that it really starts to drag. Right? These storylines are like, come on, like let's just. You can tell that they're stalling to get to the goal that they're trying to get to. Right. So it's funny because with the Lima stuff, they are 
stalling to get to things, but then they also finally get there and don't wrap them up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then the New York arc feels almost too short. I feel like. Yes. I mean, part of it's the two episodes that we lost because of, of Corey's passing. But um, even so, I wish that they had, you know, I don't know. So yeah. I would have liked it to be 10 episodes. Yeah. Because it would have felt like a front 13, back nine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. could have appreciated that. That would have That would have made it make a lot more sense. But I do agree that. The one hundred. They had to get to one hundred. They had to be there in Lima. I think that one hundred is the Lima finale, basically. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah. It's just not the most entertaining thing for me. Right. Hey, RB, what do you think? <laughs> I was never a big fan of New York, so I'm not really impressed that we didn't spend extra episodes there. But uh, that's okay. It's not, it's not season two. Give it's not season two. Give me seasons one and two any day. But since season two, I've been waiting to see all these people in New York. <laughs> At the yeah, end of season two, they were like, let's go to New York. And I'm like, all right, fucking let's go. Oh, we gotta wait four years. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, and then we gotta be in school for 16 like years. Was, I, I never felt like that was needed in the show. I liked the the lead up and the desire to get there rather than the actually seeing them there. You know, and it's so kind I, of funny. I, I found think, the New York stuff kind of dull, but that's just me. It's kind of funny because I think our BU and I have talked about how we're on opposite sides of like, yes. And I would have liked to have had the whole show be in New York. I mean, I think it, uh, to me, it would have been interesting to see these, like, I know that it's been done before, so it's not anything new, but to see like these people trying to make it in New York city as young adults. That's a completely different show than what they started. Oh, yeah. So, like, when I, I came in in the first episode, I was sold on the high school glee club with wanting to wanting to make something of yourself and, and dreaming of going somewhere bigger than your small town more than the, okay, well, you've got there now, what are you going to do? And so, as soon as the focus was no longer on these kids in high school in their glee club... I I lost a lot of interest because that's not the show that I signed up for. You know, no no judgment on whichever version of the show people like more. That's just not the one that that it, that's not the story that interested me. Yeah, well, that's fair. And I think the the difference for me, the reason why I did want more of that, is because it I was more invested in characters than the structure. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was willing to let the structure change um without just so that we could continue to see because i mean the structure the structure of going to a performing arts college is not that different than the structure of trying to deal with the performing arts in high school like they still could base it around so they could have had college structure they Mm -hmm. just didn't. Well, you right. know what I've been noticing with the rewatch that I will give RB credit for because it never really occurred to me, but now that I'm kind of back watching all of the episodes in a row and she's brought it up, that it really does feel that once they got them out of high school, they started writing them as if they had been out of high school for five years. Yes. And these yes. kids were oh, like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they I were not does... writing them as 18. No. no. 
So it, it feels disjointed even more because it, it suddenly doesn't feel like they're writing like 18, 19 year old stories. It feels like they're writing 23 and 24 year old stories. And even so, I mean, even at 23, if you go back home and it's not like if you're 33 or 43 going back home, I mean, it, it feels like they're trying to do Will story almost over again. And yeah, I think they didn't know. I think they kind of didn't know how best to do it. I'll put it that way. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. charitably put it that way. And also there are a lot of people who think that as soon as you turn 18, you're just an adult boom done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And if you have that mindset, then the story you tell of a 19 year old is different mm-hmm. um, yeah. than someone who's like still kind of figuring out their sea legs, you know? Um, and and I, just, not, I just, I just think that those characters I mean, Rachel especially, she's so obviously struggling with the fact that she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Mm-hmm. But because they don't build her a proper universe, they don't let her, you know, she could pretend to call her parents. There doesn't have to be anybody on the other line. Um, yeah. She doesn't have any, you know, the mentorships and all those things that change for her. They're all like... You know, all of a sudden she's competing with her dance teacher to have this boyfriend as opposed to just like, how does insurance work? (laughs) Right. I mean, mean, okay, how does insurance work is not a very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that Kurt is explained in uh, canon as someone who has managed himself, taken care of himself taking care of his dad. So he seems like someone who through canon would be able to more seamlessly transition to being able to handle being a quote unquote, like independent grown up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it's in my head canon that, you know, he was probably making dinner for both of them because otherwise maybe she didn't eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she just never really seemed all that self-sufficient with a lot of different stuff because she only had to focus on being the gold star. And, and that where was is it. This, where is the story where she just automatically expected Kurt to take care of her because he knew how to do these things and she's always had somebody take care of her. I feel like that's it's underlining, though. That's it's in implied. there. But it would have been <laughs> so easy for her to have that be, like, one of the things that happens in their arguments. Well, and yeah. the other problem that Glee in general has is that all of its stories, it's like they can't write a conflict without some kind of competition being involved. So, like, they're just so stuck on, you know, this person is competing with this friend, and this person's competing with this friend, and, you know, it's like they don't know how to write storylines where that isn't an aspect of it. You know? Sure. And I don't know how to have a conflict with a housemate without having a sing-off, but I feel like <laughs> we can make that work. You know, like, to me, it seems weird to suddenly, like, be upset about oh someone using up all the hot water. Next you know? time I fight with my brother, I'm going to say, hey, we're going to have to sing off with this. <laughs> all right. It's kind of throwdown. It's a off dude. Oh, my goodness. Um, but... All of that said, uh, you know, I it's interesting that season five to me does feel different than season four. The season feels different. It it feels lighter. It, I think intentionally they're trying to make it a happier place. I think they are trying to make it happier. And I do think 
I mean, part of the jarring stuff between um, Lima and New York, which was more so in season four, but the jarring stuff was that the Lima people seemed so old and the New York people seemed so young, but then there's Blaine who's like really 70. So what's happening here? You know, like, like nobody, the people who were in Lima didn't fit. Finn was, you know, at the end of season four, he was finally the right age. He looked the age that he was supposed to be, to be a believable teacher. Cause he's 30, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but all the other students, not so much. Yeah. Know, it's just, yeah. I just, I, you know, they brought back a lot of humor to it. They, they kind of just, they did. I felt they like did, there yes. was a sense of after Corey died, it was, you know what, let's just do whatever the frick we want and have fun with it. And I feel like that's kind of the biggest takeaway from at least what I got from them. Yeah. And yeah. I do think that the newbies, however much as I really still, sorry, don't like them that much. I think they got a lot better in season five. Well, because, well, there are two reasons I can say about that, which we can, I mean, I guess let's start talking about some of these arcs and we'll start with the newbies. Um, the first one is that they integrated them with the other students more. So like, you know, Kitty and Artie had a, you know, a thing that was going on. Yeah. They had Jake interacting with Blaine. They had all of them interacting and they were more in the back. I mean, the seniors and the older characters had more plot lines. Okay. So the newbies didn't feel overbearing in the way that they did in season four, at least. And they did, you're right. They didn't feel disconnected and their characters had been around long <laughs> enough so that if you liked them, there were things to like about them. Does that well, make they, sense? I, yeah. They also, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, but I feel like they also, yes, I agree with you, but they also kind of like, because one of the biggest complaints that a lot of people had is they like were trying to carbon copy old, older Glee members. And I feel like yeah. towards the end of season four and even into season five, they like became their own characters. They yeah, had yes, their own finally, quirks yeah. and flaws. And like, I can remember the moment that I fell in love with Marley and I had disliked her almost the entire season four, but I remember it was in Kenya Gaga and she's like, she says something about like, um, let's do sparklers, sparklers inside. but inside. And I'm like, how adorable is that? And then she talked about Julie Andrews and I was like, okay, you can stay. You're adorable. And so like, she, she create like they created their own personalities for them instead of trying to make them be seconds of their of the old league club. Yeah, yeah. I you know, and I I am not upset that they kind of decided bye bye newbies. And, you know, kind of dropped it. I do feel a little bit bad for. Their, I mean, I know there are people out there that really like them, and yeah, their stories were kind of cut short and abruptly but at the same time i i don't know like the, i think the show was aware that that was not really where the interesting things lie right. and you know they would Plus, rather sacrifice the newbies um and still keep will and sue's endless nonsense going so <laughs> yeah well i mean to me it seems like you know, they had a whole writing staff. They had a lot of people who their job professionally is to figure things out. I feel like they could have, in a more fulfilling way, said goodbye to them. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the way that they were shuffled off was a little bit lacking. And mind you, I'm someone who was like, yay, no more screen time for them. But still, it just didn't... 
it didn't feel like it was really a great goodbye. And it's not that hard, I think. I mean, no. I mean, Glee is full of goodbyes and endings and, yes. you know. I mean, at least five episodes have had the word goodbye in the title. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. they do a lot of it. <laughs> um, how do we feel about Sue as principal? She's principal now, still? Yeah, she yeah. was at the beginning of season five, yeah. Yeah, you know she's principal on, she's principal off throughout the series. I forget when she is and when she yeah. isn't. I just always kind of assume that she is. <laughs> I only remember that she's principal times when it mattered when she did stuff that was like uh, really good for Kurt or yeah. perhaps <laughs> egregious. I mean, I'm just gonna admit it. You know, yeah. um, she did some good stuff for him. As principal that nobody else did, where I was like, well, that's sad that she's good at that and nobody else is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should re-examine your life choices there, Figgins. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, what it's fine. That- I mean, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, here's this character who we see all the time. She had a baby. And <laughs> like, you know, that just doesn't really... <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a personal pet peeve of when people have babies on television and then they never talk about the babies ever again, as if the pregnancy and the birth was maybe the only part that mattered, as opposed to it being something that you do all the time for the rest of maybe, your life. Like, you're really maybe. pretty busy with it. Glee's making a statement there. <laughs> I'm kidding. So this anyway. is her work self as opposed to her everything else? Yeah. No, I just meant that the pregnancy was the only important thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about the baby? Um, Possible. But um, I actually think one of the nice things is that Will and Sue don't really get to do much in the season. And I think it's nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I would agree with that. I was very yeah. fine with them taking a backseat. And very not fine when it seemed like for a moment she was going to go to New York. Yeah. <laughs> and very not fine in season six when they bring them both back. Yeah, it's not, you know, sometimes I just have a hard time even remembering the structure of the McKinley side with season five because I think as a viewer, I was bored for the mm-hmm. most part. So some of these things that I might have paid, like I might know them sort of differently if I had watched it recently but a lot of those details just kind of blur together and it's like was that season four or was it season five I think yeah yeah, I I guess I just have been with the doing so much of the stuff with the podcasting that I'm very in tune with. Ooh, that's sure. definitely a you should be. You're the expert. Thing, but, yeah, you're the um, one who should know what's going on. I'm like, is there a Dalton Blazer? <laughs> you know, I th- is season five the only time that the Warblers are not around? I don't think that they are. Well, they technically are in season five because they're in Love, Love, Love. Yeah. <gasps> that's right, they are. Anyway, okay. So, um, I... Kind of sticking with the front 13, let's talk about Sam, Tina, and Artie, and the fact that they get to do some things. Um, Sam gets a plot line that doesn't last very long in, with uh, Nurse Penny. Oh, that plot line sucked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, there were some good jokes that came out of it, but there's so much awkward. better potential for Sam. Yeah. That it just felt like a waste. And it did feel like, is this somebody that they hired for Finn to date? If Even still, that doesn't make any sense why they kept this idea. Like, it's just um, all weird. 
He had. He also wants to be a model. That's kind of his pre-New York arc thing, too, is that he wants to be. But he doesn't really get a whole lot to do. He does. He wants to be a model. And then he hooks up with Tina. That's kind of what he gets to do. You yeah. With Tina. Oh, yeah. He does hook I... up with Tina. There's many times when I find Sam to be perfectly fine, kind of nice in the background. But boring. Sorry. Um, So, uh, and even there are, man, I'm going to get so busted for this. I even find (laughs) Blam boring from time to time. Well, there wasn't a lot of it this season. I'm just saying I find it a little. There could be more interesting things. I wasn't in love with it. I wasn't in love with it. It was fine and it was cute, but I wasn't in love with it. I liked Blam um, better in season four. I will say that. Sure. Well, I think there had more of a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I um, don't remember where we are in Tina's arc exactly, but I was fine with crazy Tina. You know, she's toned down in this one, um, in season five. I, I, she doesn't really, again, she, I don't think, I, you know, I'm totally blanking on anything that she does other than the stuff with Artie in the middle of the season um, when they're, like, fighting for Val Victorian and... And she pushes him. Yeah. yeah. Not her finest hour. No. Mm-hmm. But there's not a whole lot. I mean, she, you know... <clears throat> I guess... Excuse me. I'm trying to think of, like, what she does, but she really doesn't have much to do. Um, and Artie doesn't really get much to do. But he has his relationship with Kitty, um, which doesn't... Is more like... Yeah, well, it's <laughs> nice in the I was like in Love of Love. I didn't mind it though. They didn't really need two solos, but um, they didn't really do anything with it. I That's guess what the, I'm saying it didn't go. Yeah. It, there wasn't a story behind them dating. They were just some people who sat next to each other and dated. You know, right. what you can tell, now that I think of it, now that I'm looking at it, it really feels like they had the Beatles episodes planned before Corey passed. They did them, and then. You know, instead of following through after the quarterback, like episodes four through seven are just a bunch of cracky nonsense stuff. I mean, six kind of like pushes the seniors to where they're going to go. But like and seven is delightfully puppets, but um, they they just kind of did whatever. And then you have the stuff leading up to the Nationals episode, which is definitely there's some good stuff in those episodes, but it's definitely filler. And it's definitely treading water until they get to where they want to go. So. Um, well, then let's talk about the New York side of the front 13. Uh, we've got, you know, everybody's favorite, Rachel versus Santana. Mm-hmm. Um, again, They're which... Fighting. Oh. They're fighting. They're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> They're fighting. And then, I mean, I believe Still. it because they had to live together and they're both real irritating. But, <laughs> and they, you know what? They could have made, they could have made an interesting fight. But the fight mm-hmm. was really boring. But it's just that it also we've heard we've seen these two fight before. Yes. We yeah. have you know, there is a lot of interesting things you could I mean, Santana supposedly gets another girlfriend and they, you know, don't do anything yeah. with that. Yeah. Um and they have, you know, at you know, Adam Lambert around and you know, we'll talk about Kurt in a second, but they could have done more with that. Um and I feel like they could have made Rachel and Santana fight about something that was more suited to their core wounds 
and not yeah. about old weird cattiness. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, well, I said and it's a competition I, I understand thing. the point. The point of like, you know, being worried about your understudy, but that was, that was not a good role for. That. I'm just saying I could understand Rachel feeling that way, but Santana right. is not the person. For, first of all, she wouldn't be the person. No. Because that's just hard to no. know. <laughs> she would not she would not be the person. Um I think they really just don't they don't know what to do with Santana. Yeah. Yeah. So it's obvious that they didn't know what to do because and we'll probably talk about this more in season six, that you know, I, I get that like people were upset that Britannia had like the wedding planning aspects and Clayton got married last second or whatever. But literally, what are Brittany and Santana going to do with the rest of their lives? What are they doing with the rest of their lives? What happens to them once they, you know, what are they doing outside their marriage or outside the relationship? You don't know. We don't know any of these questions. And at least for Clayton, we have some answers for that. Yeah. And I would much rather have a more fleshed out answer, even if Clayton is not the greatest, you know, you know, there's still stuff I would like to know too about that. But uh, you know, I'm just like, there's not, a, you know, they've, they spent a lot of time, even in this season, trying with Santana, trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. And they ultimately never answer that question. So it doesn't feel like a satisfying and, ending. And they don't even address it as like, here's someone who's struggling, really, really struggling, really never figures it out. They just sort of don't answer it. The story mm-hmm. isn't about the fact that she doesn't know what to do. It just happens to be, that's what happens. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before, and and I'll say it again. They just, they have a lot of trouble writing women. The writers of Glee do. They do. (laughs) And you can the understatement of the year. (laughs) You can very easily keep all of your same, um, like schematics that you have for your characters, and Mm -hmm. move into season five. Move into New York, and basically replace the Sue archetype with Santana and do a lot of the same stuff. Like that same dynamic can be happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But she needed, she needed a room (laughs) that she lived in or something. Like she just needed to not live in the loft. It was just like a wild Santana appears. Like, Mm -hmm. does she live there? Does she sleep on the couch? I mean, I understand that she needs some space to put her stuff in the, bathroom because she and Kurt fight about that at one point that might have been season four that's season four it was, yeah. yeah like i mean i never understood this is so they didn't build it in the new york stupid. world right this is so trivial and stupid but i never understood why they didn't just like because there was all this negative space in the middle why didn't they just set up more curtains and put santana in the middle between the two of them well, you know, speaking the fact that Kurt didn't even want Blaine's desk there. Yeah, uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. I also think, like, the, mm, the minute Blaine moved to New York, they should have gotten their own place, but whatever. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, um, what do I want to talk about next? Um, so, I, I think that the the problem with the problem with New York when it was split, when you were doing Lima and New York, mm-hmm. the problem with that structure is that they didn't do enough world building for New York. Yeah. So that Which was, there was too much world in one and not enough world in the other. And then there was all this weirdness that happened in between. And when they finally kind of got everybody there and got everything right, it started to feel good. Like, uh, you know, in, um, oh my God, I've just forgotten the words. Uh, moving out. 
right? And moving mm-hmm. out is that yes. the one where everybody's like, yes. oh, yeah, yes. mm-hmm. yeah, this is what I want, totally. But it yeah. took a really long time for everybody basically to be on board with New York. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, it's, and it's not because Sam showed up. I mean, who cares? Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Um, it's a, it's a problem that stemmed out of season four. I mean, like the beginning of season five is just because it is the same. It's the third act of season four, you know, has the same issues. I will say, I do think that they connected the New York and stuff better, um, in that, they, you know, when they did final numbers, they were together. Some of the plot lines were shared over. Some of the thematic stuff was shared over. And I do think they did a better job of incorporating the two halves with each other better. Mostly because, you know, the curtain blade was a good bridge for that. But um, I agree. And I think that's also that happened because um, they didn't have like before they were trying to tell a split screen story with Finn in Lima. And, mm-hmm. and they didn't have Finn and Lima anymore, so they had to kind of bring everything back together. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, let's talk about Clayton in the first 13. Um, and the, <laughs> they don't really have a whole lot to do. But no, I mean, nice they have one see. really big episode, and then that's kind of it. Oh, they have moving out, too. Yeah. Eh, it's kind of. There's not a whole lot of screen time. I, I will say, they don't get very... Uh, I would say there are more individual storylines going on there, but it is nice to see them interacting, you know, like through phone calls or, you know, being in each other's lives or being mentioned or whatever. It's nice to see that. Yeah, I think the show tried to maintain a structure of connectivity between the two of them. So, Which I think also made me feel really anxious and frustrated that Blaine needed just... Could he just get there already? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I really like a lot of the stuff Kurt got to do. I mean, he got to go get a tattoo, and he was in a band, and they gave him Adam Lambert, and there was a lot of fun stuff for Kurt to do. But I think, yeah, I feel like Blaine didn't get a whole lot of fun stuff to do. Um, well, Blaine's was story was in season for his four. life to start. He was Rapunzel in the tower, you know. <laughs> yes. Now <laughs> I'm gonna have that song Hello, stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is. He's the princess. <laughs> He really is. I mean, come I mean, on. I'm not saying that's not bad. No, he's, I don't think it's bad at all. He is, and I love mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Grandpa Princess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Princess. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. So the yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the second half then. Um, cause we don't want, I don't really want to talk about the Christmas episode unless there's anything you guys really want to say about that, but. Well, I feel that I've thoroughly discussed the Christmas episode <laughs> and the special Christmas episode podcast. <laughs> Which, thank you for hosting again. You know, I'd again. rather listen to that a million times and watch that episode again. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to see Kurt trussed up like a Christmas turkey? Nope. Uh, no. <laughs> Not particularly. Nope. Um, it's all right. Well, as you know, as RB, as you said, way back when we we did like a, what a special holiday episode we podcast did way back. way back, and you said you know you were like I'm not offended by it, but they could have just done so much more, and they didn't. Yes. The, the, like, the biggest so- insult of this episode was that it didn't go far enough. I mean, if you're gonna pull the whole this 
were taken off the network for being bonkers. We didn't hear it. Then make it go bonkers. If you're going to yeah. have this holiday elf AU, make it a fucking AU. I mean, let's go there. Yeah. I agree. And just but didn't want to. They, instead, they played it safe. But not so safe that you have a traditional warm-hearted Christmas episode. And so it falls into this very disappointing mid-area. Which is yeah. just, it's insult to injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still say it wasn't, because I know people were personally offended by it. And I was I still say that it was, they were saying F you to the network and the fact that they had to do it in the first place. Because, you know, putting a Christmas story like that in the middle of a, you know, story that is obviously not set at Christmas time is annoying. I can imagine as a writer, if you're like, hey, you're going to do this. It's network. Ma-. It just felt like network mandate. So. so and it just continued feel. to confuse poor people like me who, you know, when they went back and watched it after, you know totally giving up the the show i still had no idea what time of year any of this was going on right yeah (laughs) it's true no idea no all right so let's talk about new york um because i think that is the i you know just me because whatever i think it's the best part of the show but that's me because i really like that thing i agree i know i know because there are people who really like the, the you know the fun Dalton season two shenanigans. I totally get that. So. I can like both. Yeah, we can <laughs> put your hands it's, together. It's basically <laughs> the the gif of the girl from the old El Paso commercial. Why can't we have both? Yes. <laughs> or those. Oh my what, God, what, now I want tacos. I know, right? <laughs> both, both, both is good. Uh, yes, yes. yes. Uh, road does. Des- what is it? Road, road to Desperado. Road to Desperado. Desperado. <laughs> I can't El- say Despacito. And it's like, El Dorado. I just said Desperado because it's funny. Oh my god, Road to Despacito is my favorite. <laughs> oh man, okay. This is this is so sad. Clay, play Despacito. <laughs> oh man, alright. So- that show is still on. Oh, then that yeah. is one hundred percent what would happen in one of these episodes. Oh, it would be mm. Kiki, the um, Kiki play, blah blah blah. Yeah, probably. Mm. Okay, so we've got. So let's break down this New York arc. Um, we've got the New York arc. Uh, let's start with Rachel and her dream of getting Fanny and then performing Fanny and then deciding she doesn't want it Fanny and goes out for a television show. It's a story that needed more time. Mm-hmm. Did it? <laughs> and on one of the previous podcasts, somebody said, "Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been so much better if she had been the understudy?" And then yes. all those things had happened. And the answer is yes. That's what they should have done. They definitely should have. I also because she still could have sang all the songs. She could have done all the practice. She could have mm-hmm. done all those things. And then, oops, so and so fell down the stairs, showgirl style. And you know, there we yep. go. Right. Well, oh, I think just how did this ever happen? Having right. anybody her age in that in the production would have been nice because look at who she interacts with. She interacts with her old old producer. Her um, <laughs> you know her director is over forty. Her co-star is over forty. She's got nobody she's interacting with because they're obviously not coming up with other characters. Uh, you know for this show, and it feels. I, I mean, while I don't I don't personally mind the Rachel story in this arc, it still feels 
again, not fulfilling, I guess. It doesn't yeah. feel fleshed out enough. That's my biggest thing with it because, and I agree that it, it, it doesn't need more time at the beginning. It needs more time in between her get her opening night and her getting scared that she's only going to play Fanny for the rest of her life. I think like, also, that's where it needs to be more fleshed yeah. out. The other yeah. problem is that they, in season four, decided to give her her dream job. Like, mm-hmm. this should have been something that she got at the end of the series. Yes. You know, not in season four. I mean, even if they wanted to do the whole... This is what you want. We're going to give it to you, and you're going to find out that it's not really what you want. They could have done that story too if they had done it better. Yes, right. But but this wasn't a good. It wasn't a good version of that story either. No, because well, she's she's got all this other stuff with you know it's like a conflict with going to school and doing Fanny, which isn't really as much of a big deal, you know, in real life. Like who has that issue? I mean, like. I mean, juggling your your schedule, sure. Uh, having an opportunity of something that looks much more better—oh, that was a bad sentence. Much better than um, what you have right now, you know. And also, again, going to this, this should have been done. You know, these characters are much older than what their you know ages are supposed to be. If she had finally gotten her job after years and years of struggling and trying to get there, and she finally gets Fanny, and then it's like, oh crap, this is not what I want. Right. That makes sense too. Right. But yeah. Well, I feel like you that had go on. <laughs> <laughs> we we all just got real quiet there for that. Um, or you could have told the story of so Rachel's a person who's used to getting what she wants and she's used to getting it all the time in say Lima. If she is really succeeding somewhere like New York there are going to be options that are throwing themselves at her constantly. And you could have told the story of her not being able to stick to something and suffering the consequences of that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you know, this is the new shiny thing. I'm totally going to do that instead of what I've already agreed to do because I've never suffered consequences before. So why would I suffer consequence now by dropping out of X? Oh, I'm going to take on Y because this is new and shiny. I'm going to do that and have her go through a series of those and then suffer consequences for, you know, you develop a reputation. You're you're not, you're not dependable. We cannot, we cannot trust that you'll actually show up for that and show consequences that there's a lot of stories that you could tell. Well, they flirted with that idea, but they just didn't go very far with it. I mean, they had her director being like, but I don't count the flirting with it. You know, you've got to commit to it. They flirted and they insinuated and they hinted at a lot of things. Like we were hinting, you said that they hinted that Kurt was taking care of her because he's the only functioning adult in the group. <laughs> you can't just hint at it and expect that everybody's going to to pick it up. Pick no. a lane. Pick a lane well, and actually write it. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's nice that at the end of the season they 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 you know give her this story, this TV show. And she, it's going to totally blow up in her face in season six. But what does she, you know, and this is a conversation for season six more so, but what does she really learn coming out of season six? I mean, she ends up going to Broadway. Yeah, back to Broadway. But, like, who's to say she's not going to keep doing that kind of crap? I mean, right? yeah. I, I would feel- have preferred, I mean, they can give, Rachel's life doesn't have to be awful. They can give her some successes. But when you think about, um. Season one, don't rain on my parade, right? Like, she has to pull something out of her back pocket 
and make it amazing and make it magic. And she has the ability to do that. And I would have so much preferred her into an understudy role or in something where suddenly she had to show this blossoming, this thing that she knew she could do, but she hadn't gotten a break yet. Like, and that doesn't mean starring in something right out the gate. Why did Funny Girl have to be on Broadway? Why couldn't Broadway? Why couldn't it have been an off, 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 you know, production? Yeah, or just anything like the. I can't remember who said this. So if you said this, and you know, whatever. Um, but somebody did, was like, I don't get to say it. Oh, shut up. Somebody <laughs> said something about like, um, it, like it had to have been really frustrating for Leah, who worked really hard on her entire life from the time she was a little kid on Broadway, and like she was never handed a role. Like she worked really hard, so like it would be really frustrating to play a character who just got handed a role and then just turned it down. Like just yeah. yeah. Well, and even, like, people say, you know, like, Chris, you know, this was his first role. They got written for him. But we don't often talk about how he went on, like, a million auditions, yeah. you know, in L.A. It's not like he just went into his first audition and when they were like, here, have a part. Right. It, you know, they don't, for some reason, especially with Rachel, like to show the failure part of it. Um, so. Or when they do, they don't follow through with it. So, um, Kind of changing gears, though, I, I do want to give them credit for dealing with Rachel and her grieving over Finn. I do actually think this was a nice runner through the season. I mean, it is something that the show, obviously Corey meant a lot to them. Um, but I do think like, there are a lot of things that I can tell, like, you know, little moments with her. And even though Finchel obviously is not my favorite thing at all, I do think they did a good job with that aspect of it. Um, I do too, but I feel like, again, it was too implied. Mm. There was some stuff that was implied, um, and it didn't have to be. And I realize it's like, you know, it's a bummer, so you, maybe you don't really want to be that overt about it. But I think that Rachel's story has so much more depth and interest when we talk openly about the things that are going on in her story. Yeah. Okay, um, well, let's talk about Sam and Mercedes and their relationship, uh, which is pretty much what they get to do in the New York arc. Oh, Mercedes is recording her album, too. Yeah. And Sam is working to be a model. You know, I'm going to, oh my God, I'm going to throw this out there, and this is going to sound a little blasphemous. I think that. I'm just now a little frustrated by this. Sam and Mercedes get this, you know, whole relationship stuff. And yet Sam still gets to do his modeling stuff. And Mercedes still gets to be recording. And yet Clay and they, they don't, Kurt and Blaine don't get individual stories in this arc. It's all really about them as a couple. And well, I guess I'm a little sad that they didn't get individual stories wrapped up there. I mean, I guess right. part of it is that their individual story, quote-unquote, is them working as a team to be performers someday, but... Sure, but also one of the main New York arc, season five, Sam Sadie's stories, it was written by someone who wasn't one of the standard writers. True. If you take out the Old Dog's New Tricks episode, I think there's a lot less there. Well, so Bash sort of gets a whole novel. thing. Tested gets a whole plot line. Um, Old Dog's New Trick. The back, well, I guess the backup plan doesn't. 
And I would even argue that I think, whether intentional or not, that's part of the issue with Clean's relationship is that they're they don't they don't always know how to separate their relationship from their career. True. So, sure. I I will say to Mercedes and Sam though, like I think it's unfortunate that just you know that I even had went there because. In, you know, the way the writers did things and made us so desperate, you know, for any part of our favorite characters that we're always, like, pitting other, like, oh, my God, I'm so annoyed that this other, you know, who rightfully deserve, I mean, Sam and Mercedes rightfully deserve to have their plot lines, and I'm definitely not saying that they don't, but, like... The fact that we are even sitting here having this conversation, we're like, oh man, I just wish my you know favorite character had more screen time. I guess shows to my general frustration as Glee as a whole that they have a you know really hard time balancing things sometimes. In a sure, but with way. Sam Sadie's fandom, the, with Sam Sadie's people didn't spend a season and a half waiting for them to be together again. Yeah. So good point. Everything, the, everything about the temperature of that relationship can be turned down. Yeah. So that said, I do like their moments. I do like Mercedes and the group. I think she should have always been in New York. Yes. Oh, she makes New York so much better. She does. Yeah. She compliments she multiple storylines. Yeah. Yeah. Like she when, does when you're looking better. at a storyline that you're like, this is lacking. What is it lacking? It's usually it's lacking Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I love that like Mercedes has a great friendship with Rachel. She has a great friendship with Santana. I wish we would have seen her having more of a, a friendship with both Kurt and Blaine and even Artie. I mean, I, the, again, the show likes to put, you know, certain couples together and I know they had a limited time, so they just couldn't do that. But if they had like the whole season of New York, they could have spent time having a Mercedes and Blaine story. Yeah. And they we could have had more Monday night dinners. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that would have alleviated a lot of that kind of, like, yeah. forcing characters to be together for X reason or Y reason. They could be yeah. interacting because they're in the same place. Right. Let, you know, let Kurt and Artie have a, a, a plot line. I mean, you could do some really interesting or just like a trio of, like... You know, have Sam and Santana and Blaine do something. And, you know, it just, you could come up with really interesting things. And they just never wanted to, again, probably because of their short time, didn't have time to experiment and really play with it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and yeah, just a shout out to Sam getting his junk on the bus, which really frustrates me because his junk actually is not on the bus. (laughs) No, but he's an idiot. So, you know, you let it slide. Right, right. Oh, man. Anyway, um, let's talk about Artie. I mean, talk about people that got really the short end of the stick for the New York arc. Artie gets one plot line. (laughs) (laughs) But it's way more than he got for many, many years. Right. It's true. It's true. And Um, it is, I mean, they were, I'm, you know, they were consistent with Artie. Yeah. Shockingly. His his story works. Everything about his story all works, which seems weird, but it's yeah. that good. I think they're more consistent than people give them credit for. It's just not always, you know, the way we want. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, we get, um, yeah, we get Santana back for a little bit. We get Brittany back for an episode. Um, you know, um, it's unfortunate Adam Lambert wasn't like an actual. Ca- I mean, imagine they go to New York for the whole we got season Adam five. Lambert a ton. You get Adam Lambert. We um, got Adam Lambert a ton. I have no regrets for the amount of Adam Lambert that we got. It was great. I love it. I would do more, but we got for for a side character that came out of nowhere for Glee to be able to effectively use him the way that they did was amazing. It's amazing that they pulled off that character because we're so used to what happened with Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about Kern Blaine in New York city and, you know, she's little babies in New York city. It's finally mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting. They've been waiting. Expectation is different than reality. That's hard. Yes, it's so hard. And they're young and stupid. And <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. I guess it's okay. Let me ask you guys this. Do you feel like the Kurt and Blaine arc that we got within season the end of season five which is kind of like too many arcs kind of woven together with the you know the new new york contested and then the backup plan and untitled Richard Bailey project with june do you feel satisfied as you know clane fans or curtain blade fans or you know if I guess- you put it in the concept the context of just season five i do i do feel I wanted more, but I was also semi-content with what it was. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always going to want more, but yeah. I'm I'm okay with what we got because I feel like we got a lot. Yeah. Yes, I feel the same way. It is, I am insatiable, but I was fine with it. Right. It's okay. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is that when they when they had a smaller cast and things could breathe more, yeah, it was great. It just we just needed more episodes. We just needed. Yeah. it just wasn't enough episodes. There's so much more that could have been done uh, with many of the characters, and mm-hmm. I feel like if we had had three more episodes, Blaine and Kurt would have had more of their own adventures and adventures mm-hmm. figuring out how they fit together, like yeah. separate people fitting together, and all of that would have been really satisfying for me mm-hmm. um, but to play devil's advocate if they had had those three ex- extra episodes or two extra episodes whatever it was do you think they would have broken them up at the end of season five no i know that they toyed with it because they were talking ryan murphy was talking about his big explosion but i think them opening that with season six was always something that they had like in the back of their minds it just seems like season six opening the way it did was more of the way that they, I, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see it. Plus I think that the clean story in season five feels pretty contained mm-hmm. and that a breakup kind of belonged with the season six narrative. So yeah, oh, I, I can agree. I'm just saying like, do you think they would have tried to put it? See, and that's my question about like season six and everybody's like, Oh, well, we know we got tipped out of the entire season and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, do you have any idea how many bad episodes we had <laughs> dealt with? Like, really, I'm, we just cut out all the filler. 
<laughs> it's not a bad thing that they were forced to only do 13. Yeah, no, we don't like some and of the things. What that I would have wanted but... is comedy episodes. Like yeah. what we what we missed out in New York, and mind you, New York was it was it was a stressful time for them. I feel bad. But um, there's a lot of things that could have been really, really funny amidst all of these struggles that everyone's going through Mm -hmm. that would have worked really well for a comedy show. Mm -hmm. Um, And they still could have had all of the things they were doing and also had a little bit more of that. And I think that for the viewers, that would have been nice. And it might have gotten some people to return. Yeah, well, sometimes they needed a little bit more. Because, yeah, I do like conflict and I do like story, but they didn't show enough downtime between the two of them and they didn't show enough well and i always have said you know both chris culver and darren chris are good comedic actors the fact that they never really let them be comedic together was unfortunate i mean there you you do see a lot of it in season two or you do see even a bit in season six but there's they could have done a lot more with it because you do have you know, these guys who have really good chemistry and good comedic timing, the fact that they were all at least angsting at each other could be frustrating after a while. Um, And they could have been funny separate or apart. I mean, they Mm -hmm. just, there's, there's lots of opportunity for funny. See, and that's the, the thing that frustrates me with, again, with the first half of the season is that, you know, uh, yeah, the New York arc stuff, that's what really works for me is that there's only six, seven characters. It does allow these plot lines to breathe like a normal television show. And, you know, it's so funny because I'm watching Lost again and that show feels like, oh my God, like, it's a lot going on there. A lot going on, but at a lot slower pace. And at Glee is just like, I watched, I was watching it and then I watched Swan Song and everything about Swan Song was like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh my God, like there's no, it doesn't let it breathe because you still have to fit five songs into an episode and you still have to fit 15 characters having a character beat in it. And it's like, come on guys, like we didn't need to do hyper-focused on everybody all the time and that, you know, just cuts everybody's scream down time to about five minutes. And I don't think anybody was best served so i do appreciate at least new york giving the time to let the characters have more moments with each other oh. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah but that said overall as a fan i'm not dissatisfied with oh, yeah. the new york arc of season five no. like at all no no like i said i mean and in it's... in the ways where it's lacking certain things it's all those are all the places where fandom shows up and does its job and Mm -hmm. i love the fact that we get to have that it's pretty great i mean i've always said that that's one of my favorite things about glee and you know fandom is that you do get the opportunity to fill in so much in so many different ways there's a lot missing yeah, it's there the is of AO3. Yes, <laughs> I can fill in any hole. <laughs> yes. Oh, you can. I I, I want to use that as a soundbite, but I won't do that. I promise. Um, <laughs> All of a oh, sudden, man. it's going to become the ringtone to your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't even know how to do that. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Can you even do that anymore? Is that a thing? I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can. You totally can. Uh, or well, you could have it be your alarm in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. Like, you know like, what? Screw all the standard iPhone alarms. We could definitely get you a uh, 
an interesting me yelling at you in the morning. Oh God, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I could just hear her going, you know, if Captain America can get up, you can get up too. Get up. <laughs> so this should totally be your morning alarm. I'm seeing a lot of good things in your future for this. Oh, goodness. I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, yeah, there are, there are definitely things that I think we're missing because of the way that um, the New York arc was contracted. And a lot of it is the kind of stuff that's it's just that in-between time that would have maybe felt like... Yeah. They were a bunch of young people hanging out together in New York. Like I said, like they could have thrown in, you know, a scene with a Monday night dinner more often Mm -hmm. and it would have had a check in on what everybody's doing, them teasing each other, having fun, doing whatever, like kind of yucking it up. Um, Yeah, it could have been Tina's fever dream of chums, but in reality. Yeah. And it, well, it, it, to me, it feels like, gosh, that really wouldn't have been that hard to do. Even, like, but they only the, have so much time. Yeah, you look at the end of New New York, and they're all sitting around sharing food, and they're kind of joking and having fun. And yeah, you know, it's still in song. That's fine. We don't need to have people talking, but you can still tell they're having fun. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. at the end of you know the Untitled Rachel Berry Project, where you know Kurt and Blaine are snuggled up reading with the yes. paper. Like that they could have just so much. Yeah. So it's just throwing in a couple of those moments. And I, I realize we're nitpicking. It's kind of funny because, like, yeah, I do really love this part of the series. But it's also, like, you know, we've been talking about this for so long now that I'm, like, at the nitpicking point of, like, yeah. I'm just, you know. Well, also, I mean, the fact of the matter is, okay, so we didn't get two episodes. And I don't know if them adding in two episodes would have really been enough Yeah, to solve whatever you know fandom woes i might have about it um well they could do two three seasons of just new york and we'd still not be happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i just it it, might have been a really big difference i mean the fact that matters is we had old dogs news tricks and then that's the penultimate ep like yeah that that was it my bigger my bigger problem is obviously the structure of the fact that there needed to be at least one episode in between those episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's not, you know, it, that's totally, just not what we got. Right. And, and there totally are plenty talked. of reasons why we didn't right. get that. And okay. Yeah. Um, but even still, like, it's shocking how well that work, works too. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's even, I mean, and I know, you know, we're going to do a special podcast about, like, in between season five and six. It's kind of funny, too, though, that I feel like I just don't know how much more I have to say about it. I feel like we, you know, we the, the episodes did a, we, we, the cool thing about doing these episodes in the podcast form is that we got to really dissect Kurt and Blaine and their story. And, yeah, we can talk about some of this bigger picture stuff, but it's, it's kind of fun to, like, um, 
you know, fill in the blanks with like fan fiction or that kind of thing. But I don't know, like on a meta level, how much more. And uh, I think what I was saying before is that we're going to talk about, you know, between seasons five and six, because, you know, I know at first it feels really, really jarring, but I don't think it is the more I look at it, like the more I've spent time with it, the more I've gone over it. I'm like, no, this, maybe I'm just like logicing it too, too much, but it it was also supposed to be jarring. Yeah. It was yes. supposed to be like, oh my god! Last time we saw them, they were cuddling. What right. is this? Literally, um, the last time we saw them, they were cuddling up on the couch. Yeah. So everything was fine. They had an office space. Well, I guess they had his tiny suitcase. I mean, really, like for me personally as a fan, my bigger egregious thing is just. Um, the lack of individual story for I, I feel like we lost focus of what Kurt was doing in New York mm-hmm. and probably it's just because they had too many things going on like he was too central of a character and they had too many things going on with him that they couldn't focus as easily as they could focus on Mercedes and just be like oh she's working on her yeah. album well, you it's know like Kurt is always so wrapped up in you know adulting Rachel like yeah. I, I know people blame Blaine all the time but I don't think that's fair because that is uh, that is the drain on Kurt is Rachel yes yeah yes it is and I'm going back through these and even then you know I'm like in the moment, for example, opening night, yeah, it's funny some of the stuff that he does and has moments with her. But as a Kurt fan, I'm now really frustrated that he's wasting all of this energy and screen time making sure she's safe from the internet. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? Right. So uh, nobody's uh, safe from the internet. Don't you know that? Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I guess about Kurt and Blaine, though, I will ask you guys your opinion on this. Had the show ended at season five, would you have felt satisfied with their stories? Or do you think that, you know, it's better that we got the season six kind of coda-ish season? I mean, I'm going to go back to I, I'm always going to want more. Um, and I don't think I would have been satisfied because it's still pretty open-ended. Which is purposeful. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I would have been content with the way that season five ended had it been the series finale. I was satisfied that it wasn't um, like a cliffhanger of, <laughs> oh my god, they're going to be broken up or some other dumb thing, right? Or um, I was satisfied that, that we saw them basically settled and okay and you know here's Kurt like welcoming Blaine back into the loft and then they're snuggling on the couch and it seemed like okay so like where they're ending it here is that those two are okay in this moment right you know like moving forward how it's going to be who knows but there were lots of things as much as there was a like something dangling so that you could tell them like their story wasn't wasn't so finished that it was then boring to look at back like when season six starts up and some stories get wrapped up and you're like, Ugh, why are we going back here? You know? And I, I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I was much more satisfied at the time than I am now. Um, and partially that's just because Glee's season finales are typically terrible. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this one was like, wow, this is the best one. 
Because it really wasn't a competition. One, one yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> like they've really done this one well. It's good. Okay, like I'm fine with this. Um, Although I guess technically season three wasn't a competition. Yeah, but the competition happened the day before. Right. <laughs> like it was. It's still residue of competition. I was and also seething with rage at the end yeah. of that one. Yeah, that's and true. It took me time to go back and watch it and appreciate it yes. and not be seething with rage. I still um, can't. I still And so maybe seethe. it's just for me like, oh, I'm not seething with rage, so that's nice. I guess I I've never depended so on canon to give me satisfaction for characters that I love. Sure. Just just based on so many fandoms that I've been involved in before that just completely fall apart with mm-hmm. characters that I love. And so it's it's a very interesting, like I'm sitting here debating, did you feel satisfied? I'm like, I never... I never like, I didn't expect on- it to be... <laughs> right. I never expected like, you know, to feel it. I don't ever expect to be satisfied with things that I am in fandom for with with the canon and so i it's i didn't i didn't expect to wrestle with this question as i'm pondering it the way that i'm but no it's a, right I, you know i'm really glad you said that though because i think that a lot of times within glee fandom i felt people are so wrapped up in well curtain plane just don't work for me anymore and i can't ship this and and that's fine i mean if you can't ship something that's totally fine i'm not saying that you should but i'm saying like with that kind of attitude, you can still enjoy things that, you know, parts that you like and forget the right. rest and I still mean, enjoy and, a fandom, you know? I mean, I I basically, I gave up canon when they when they broke up in season four. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I had reached my point and I'm like, fuck this, I'm done. But I, but I always inter- was completely entertained by... Um, by the fandom, so I never gave up fandom. So, in all honesty, anything that happened from season four through six is extra canonical to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. Um, okay, it's there. I can. <laughs> it's there. It's fine. And but uh, but I, I don't tend to depend on that for for satisfaction because my satisfaction comes from fandom and from Ao3 and deciding that everything's going to be a Christmas coffee shop Au. See, and I think that's almost, dare I say, a healthier way to look at it, just because then you're not caught up in the readers, you know. After after tearing my clothes and ending up in sackcloth and ashes in previous fandoms, it's legitimately 100% the way that I have to deal with things so as not to get to that point again. I mean, in one of my previous fandoms, my favorite character was blown up by a bomb that was in a patient of his, and then he came back as a clone that was at, it was like, it's legitimately terrible, and you're just sitting there going, the fuck is going on? And so, you know, I just stick to my Christmas coffee shop's AUs for, uh, for feelings of satisfaction. Kind of in another medium, I'm. I look at co- comic books and I read comics, and there are certain chunks of comic book history that I'm like, whatever, because that's, that's I mean, I the, you know this. You just go on and you're like, well, how can you? As part of the character's history, and I'm like, but it's a changing history. I mean, like these stories, you know, you really can't sit and say, okay, this is the entire list of everything that you know, because it's too much to happen in one person's lifetime. So you kind the, of take it. I- the way I deal with canon now is basically the line from 
uh, from Nick Fury in the Avengers going, I recognize that the council has made a decision, but it's a stupid ass decision that I've elected to ignore. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's basically how I look at canon that I, you know, feel unsatisfied with. It's like, I recognize that the writers have made a decision. It's a stupid ass decision and I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> oh. oh, well, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we just get to our wrap up of least and favorite favorites and least favorites of the season? I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like this season is hard to wrap up because it's so disjointed because it's two seasons Mm -hmm. in one. Um, And like, I'm not really sure like where I'm, where I want to reflect. I mean, I know what I care about the most, but I don't know, like, on a level of talking about it for the sake of a podcast. Like, what do I want to reflect on? Do I want to reflect on the closing off of Lima, which at that point I felt really happy about because it felt like a relief to me to finally go somewhere else. Um, And it could also be that um, because fandom went so many places, fandom was so much bigger and bolder than the show could ever possibly even be a, a fraction of. I think I was really ready to see these characters in canon do more because because fandom informed me that they could. Like, they could be so much more. They could do, do all these other things, even if it's just going to a different location, you know, mm-hmm. AU or not. Yeah. And so I was kind of happy to, like, slough off the things that felt like the tired episodical mm. structure that wasn't pleasing to me and move into other places where we could take these things, take, take the parts that we loved and have more of them. You know, mm-hmm. I would have been happy with another season in New York, you know, if Glee had seven seasons instead of six, another season in New York, you know, maybe a 15 episode season where all of those stories got to breathe a little bit more and maybe Tina yeah. comes to visit one weekend and then somebody else comes to visit one weekend because it's New well, York and you know people like the, the show could have frenzed itself yeah. much more I, I think, and, and they, I, I think they would have supported it I hold on sorry that's noisy card. I think that um, season 6 and I know we probably will get into a much bigger debate about this when we talk about season 6 I, you know, my the stuff with season five is fine, but I, I kind of wish season six had been more of a wrap up of those individual storylines in season six of the characters we were following in season five. The fact that they went back to McKinley and I get why they did. And I, I don't mind the choices that they made once they were there, but you know, it would have been more satisfying as a whole if the show had just kind of ended in New York with another 13 episodes and that would have been fine. I understand why they went to McKinley, but it feels really forced because Kurt and Rachel have no reason to be in McKinley. They outgrew McKinley. I don't think any really had to, I mean. Kurt and Rachel especially outgrew McKinley, I mean, two seasons prior, and then they're back. Well, and even like, yeah, yeah. I don't go back to my high school. (laughs) I don't really either. I mean, I guess though, if I had Blaine there, I might from time to time. I mean, my parents But once live Blaine ac- wasn't there anymore, why would my I pa- go? My parents live across the street from my old high school, so it's like, it's right there. But I haven't been in, in it in years, so. like, Yeah, would you go visit a teacher? 
They, then all of them are retired. They're they're not even there anymore. Yes. <laughs> and maybe if you're Rachel, maybe, maybe, maybe. Nah, but if you're think. Kurt, would you go visit Mr. Shoe? No. Fuck no. Oh. Fuck no. No. All right. Um, Kurt would pull up at the at the curb, scream, "Come on, jailbait boyfriend, hop in, we're going," and they <laughs> move on. Yeah. Um, Bethany, did you, you've been really quiet? Did you um, no. <laughs> I just realized that I've been muted for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so have you been replying? You just think we were ignoring you? Yes. She's mad. She's just talking over me and she won't shut up. And I was just like, she's been real quiet. I hope she feels like she's getting yeah. enough. No, <laughs> totally my fault. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I like. I guess I le- like that. My headset has like this little circle thing that you can put on your person, and I guess I leaned on it and muted it and didn't realize it for the longest time. Oh my goodness, that's okay. That's hilarious. Well, I'm glad you have your voice back. Uh, <laughs> anyway, did you have any final thoughts you wanted to say? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, as much as I hate to say this, like, I, not that I hate to say it, but phrase it like this. Like, I agree with you guys. Um. I just was going to say that, like, I completely agree. Kurt and Rachel had outgrown McKinley in season four. So I don't understand. Like, I have a hard time understanding how they get back there in season six. But that doesn't really have anything to do with season five. So basically, I was just agreeing with you guys and saying, like, (laughs) yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. (laughs) Nobody can hear me. <laughs> like I'm agreeing oh. with them and they're ignoring me. What uh, jerks! Um, <laughs> um, I, but yes, I agree with me too. I am right, <laughs> except for about the timeline. But whatever. Um, oh you know what? You know what? It was not January. It just wasn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I agree with Sam. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It doesn't matter. You wield so much power. <laughs> I don't have any power. We'll we'll take a poll, Starkey, and we'll see who wins. We'll take poll. a poll. Which month is New New York set in? Yeah, I will do that. That <laughs> and, um, the right month. They can time or... jump the right month or the <laughs> what's the right <laughs> or the right answer. Right month. We will see. Who is snarky and never, who is right? <laughs> never get into a pole war with Pam because you will lose even though you're right. <laughs> what did you lose? I forget. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, what was it? I don't remember. It was what? something where the correct answer was Cooper Anderson. I know. I think it was Matt Bomer. I think it was Matt Bomer's butt. No, yes. Yeah, no, the, the correct answer butt was, was... Matt Bomer. <laughs> Yeah, I did I post that during the Versace stuff too. Um yeah. <laughs> so you didn't have a chance. Yeah. The correct answer was Matt Bomer. <laughs> at, uh other people were not as enlightened and she got very smug. <laughs> I, I don't get smug. I just get You smuggy. were smug. <laughs> She's you like, smug. I don't get smug, I just get more right. <laughs> Look, I don't call correct. it being smug I, if you're correct. <laughs> you got smug. Oh, gosh. There's that. Kept it in the podcast or not, but there was one point in the one we did last week where I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, you're right. And she's yes, like, I oh. should leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, no. I, okay, so this is what happened. Bethany says, 
oh, you're right. And I said, what did you say? And she's like, she started to almost say it again. Then she realized what I was trying to do. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> and then we like got really quiet for a long time. And I was like, I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> yeah, I left that in there. <laughs> I think that was, that was in, um, I think that, oh, that wasn't the one we just did. Yeah, it was. Okay. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I, could, I listened to it the other day, but I couldn't remember. Someone else's headcanon does not take anything away from me. And maybe that's my own personal yep. point of view. So I don't actually really care. Like, you can be wrong all you want. I don't mean it like that. But, <laughs> right. But, you know, the New York episode is in January. Yeah. Like, Pam thinks the New York episode is in January. I think it's in October. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. The episode right after that can still be in February. Things yeah. can happen. Because well, Lee time is crazy stupid. about timelines. No. That is true. And I yeah. think people, I mean, and I assume that people understand that, like, we are, I mean, yeah, we have our own headcanons. And when we're like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. We're just kind of jokey about it. It's not like I'm actually offended that really? you think it takes place. Really? I've never gathered actually. that you were joking when you told us that we were wrong. Well, just you, RB, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> just making sure. I wanted to make sure that I knew what was going on. I mean, you know, I'm going to be wrong about some stuff. I'm going to race off on my motorcycle now. <laughs> I'm going to oh, be wrong man. about some stuff, but like, no. Again, so what? I will give you my season five wrap right now. Oh, there were lots of things Are that you gonna were good. Oh. Actually wrap? Hilariously, my earpiece fell out right when I started talking. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to actually rap. Oh, that nobody wants that. <laughs> Me, myself All right. included. Okay, so sorry, um, go ahead and give us your I season think five. That they needed to cut it halvesies with Lima and say goodbye to Lima, but you know, for whatever reason, they couldn't get to a hundred and that will bowing in the choir room earlier. So they did what they did. I think that it would have been better served if new if the New York arc felt like a longer period of time, because I think there's a lot of actual timeline space in between those episodes mm-hmm. because nobody went through quite that much insanity. Like nobody, these people are dramatic, but nobody went through that much drama uh, in six episodes or however many there was. How many were there, mm-hmm. Pam? You know, everything. Seven. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, I wish that we would have had to tacked on to the end to let things breathe a little bit more. Um, but I also, you know, remember that I just saw a gift recently where um, Kurt's on the couch eating ice cream and Rachel comes in when she has the fake wig on and he's mm-hmm. upset that she's cut her hair. And she's like, remember when everything was crazy and high stakes all the time and how it just felt great and he was like it felt really stressful like he was like I didn't like it and she was like god I wish we could go back to that and that's like she's in that mania so her story feels insane because she thrives on drama and she doesn't understand boundaries and she doesn't have anyone who's really mentoring her and like everything's like she's she is the child star who burns out like, yeah, you know, right. Do you ever get the impression that like, I get the impression that Kurt and Blaine kind of are a lot 
less dramatic. I mean, yeah, they have their dramatic moments. They're both divas. But at the same time, they're really boring, too. They go and they sit and they eat ice cream and watch reality television and sometimes go out and do a thing. But, I, you know, it just cracks me up that they really are not, like, high-stakes, like, drama that Rachel is all the time. Well, here's the thing. They have all of the ingredients for their lives. They're not searching for something to fulfill them. Mm -hmm. She is lost. She has lost Finn. And it has made her an empty (laughs) vessel in a way that I kind of wish the show would have touched on more. Like, she is, you know, she's the person who's trying to get the tattoo to spark something back Mm -hmm. into her life. And they simply have more tools and they have more things. They have the solid foundation of who they are. Mm-hmm. And so if they want to, you know, get wild and do something, they can, but they don't have to make a big, as big of a deal about it. Mm-hmm. Like, right. You know, we have to see every single time Rachel decides to like step out and be wild. And so, you know, we have that opening night and they all go to the club and Rachel's being wild. But it's clear that Kurt and Blaine have been there all the time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they don't need to tell everybody else about it because they're having a fine time. They're doing that. Then they're watching Real Housewives. Then they're eating ice cream. Like they're just they just they have the structure. They have an adult structure where. You know, they're already married. They're already kind of settled. And so they're not wondering how on earth they will entertain themselves on Thursday. Because, like, it's fine. They have stuff. They're, they're good. Like, they don't have to burn the house down just to make it interesting. Right. Um, I um I, I want to just clarify, because I started giggling when you were like, Rachel is lost because of Finn and blah, blah. I'm like, wow, that sounds really insensitive. But what I was yes, thinking. you're heartless. Because someone that, died and you don't care. <laughs> no, of course I not. Really, what I was thinking is that Rachel loses Fanny. She goes to Australia and on her way back she gets on Oceanic 815 and ends up on that island because she's so lost. And, oh, you know, they Lord. have a musical episode. That just made my day. And I wasn't even going to say anything, but then I was like, crap. I just was giggling through the whole, like, Finn death thing. And I was like, it's bad. So anyway. It was bad. Zero stars for Finn Death. Zero stars. I mean, we could have. I also would have appreciated a little earlier peppering of Jesse St. James coming back in from time to time. Like, I. It could have been a place where Rachel figures out who she is yeah. outside of well, she didn't the need to high date school. Sam, but <laughs> no, nobody needed to date Sam except for Mercedes. It just he happens to be around, so people are like, "Well, date Sam. That'll be fine. There won't be any drama when they break up. There's nothing to resolve. <laughs> he doesn't even get broken up with up. on screen half the time. <laughs> I mean, including Rachel, because that kind of just ended. <laughs> yeah, well, like Jesse. Here's Jesse. <laughs> Which I was like, great, finally. <laughs> if she's going to be linked up with somebody, let it be somebody who makes sense for her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, there's there's a bunch of stuff where if Glee hadn't been in such a pressure cooker, I think that mm-hmm. everybody involved could have found a way to make some of the things just flow a little bit better, but they didn't have the time. I don't think they really had the writing stuff. I mean, they have the cast and the crew and all that stuff was solid. Um, 
But season five really struggles from, I guess it's, maybe it's grief. I don't know. I mean, the back end of it is pretty good. And the back end is probably pretty good because everybody's kind of okay. Well, there's definitely a sense, like they said, the Beatles episodes were already written. The quarterback kind of writes itself. But those middle episodes, were those kind middle of, McKinley episodes, are rough. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff I like about it. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is, but it's not. It's very episodic, and it's very. Let's just throw random shit at the wall. Let's have Kagiti versus Gaga. Let's have an episode about twerking. Let's have an episode about getting high and seeing puppets. It's just insane. So well, that one was okay good. on the puppets. I'm not the puppet one is one of my favorite Blaine meta episodes, and I'm really glad that we got that. Without that one, Blaine's characterization would have had some really big holes. I actually like a lot of it. I mean, I I I think that it it goes to it's not a serialized drama as the way it was in the previous seasons. It is definitely more episodic and bottle episodes, but there is still a lot of entertainment value, even if it is definitely them saying. Who gives a shit? Let's just do this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. McKinley had too many bottle episodes, I guess. Though I would have loved for some more New York ones. I don't know. I just, I wanted, you know, they started to be able to balance what was happening in the show in linking those two things, like you said, with the group numbers. Mm -hmm. But I wanted an overall balance of time as well. But that's just not... We just, you know, well, 100 I landed wish. where 100 landed. And once 100 happened, I was like, yeah, go, moving on out. Let's go. See, and I, in that way, I kind of wish that season five, the first half of season five should have been the end of season four. And then season five should have been New York. And then you can have season six be it's, you know, return to McKinley, whatever. And that would have been that. Sure. But what would they have done with Jane Lynch? You know what? Don't care. I, mean, they, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't She's sorry amazing. I love Jane Lynch. I hate Sue Sylvester. Well, I don't hate Sue Sylvester. I don't like her though, and I don't think that she worked as an adversary beyond season three. One. <laughs> Somebody said one. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I think I mean, she worked in season two, and she mm-hmm. worked as an adversary turned um, confidant, but that's not the word I want in season three worked is a weird word. I don't know if I would say that, but I think it, it makes, she didn't play to her strengths. Right. But once you, once she's helped them win national, she doesn't work as a, she doesn't work as an adversary anymore. And her character doesn't, I was just saying she also doesn't connect with any of the kids in the school anymore. Right. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, um, on that note, unless, you know, RB would like to talk about her very special Will and Sue stuff that, you know, <laughs> that he wanted to vomit over. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't want to drag it out more than it needs to be. We can move on. Are you sure? I would like I'm to give okay. you the the most adequate platform for you to speak your mind and say the things that you would like to say. So basically me saying three words and then you cutting off the podcast with podcast in it. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> no, we're good. I'm out of here. We're good. Just start talking and then we'll have those revving engine sounds. <laughs> Excuse me. I kind of want to wrap up the the podcast with 
Um, let's do like least favorite episode and then favorite episode. And I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. So let's just do that. Um, so let's do that. And who would like to go first? Um, Bethany, you're going to go first. Uh, No, I don't know what my least favorite is yet. (laughs) Okay, fine. I I have the wiki open, so I will go first. Okay, Snarky, you can go first. Okay, let's see. My least favorite episode. Oh, end of twerk. That's a contender. (laughs) But it's got a great Kurt story in there. It does. It does. Trio. (laughs) I'm arguing you about that. Trio, not that great because I had to hear Uh, about Will and his baby. (laughs) City of Angels. There's stuff I don't like in that one. 100. Hey, those aren't the songs we voted for. Um... Let's this is see so entertaining. Here. What shall I choose? <laughs> so many options. <laughs> we should give you a drum roll. Drum roll. Um, I'm really tempted to choose 100. <laughs> <laughs> Why is no, that a bad thing? No. Yes, do it. <laughs> um, actually, let's see here. Hang on. Let's just make sure I'm right about this. Uh. I choose for my least favorite episode, Tina in the Sky with Diamonds. That is a pretty weak episode, actually. Yes. <laughs> it is a weak episode. I don't like the Beatles. There's not enough Kurt. What? Anyway. I can't, I can't even remember what he's wearing. <sighs> my heart. <laughs> Snarky just broke all of our hearts. <laughs> yeah. Controversial she's opinion allowed, time. She's allowed to have her own opinion. I know. I just like teasing her for it. <laughs> um, oh, I guess it did have Kurt on a piano. Well, that's the one good thing it had going. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not like this episode. Yeah, but I don't like that song. That's like no, one of my least favorite. It's not a great really song. A weak episode, it. though, I it's agree. not a great song for them. The piano part was good. There were definitely there were legs up. Um, I think that the songs. Yeah, the songs are really boring. In this one. Oh man. So that you're, I choose Tina in the Sky with Diamonds. That's my okay. final answer. All right. And then I have to, now I'm going to choose my favorite. I'm so tempted to just instinctively say New New York, but maybe not. Maybe not. Oh. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> we need somebody to sing music. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, RV, I love that. <laughs> um, I serve my function. I really love Tested. Do I like it more than I like New New York? Maybe. Maybe I do. <sighs> I'm going to go with Tested. I'm going to go with Tested. Right. I'm going to go with Tested. Even I with mean, the awkward do quad, the one where um, Artie and Sam and Mercedes are singing about something. Oh my God. And <laughs> stuck on Quartet. The uh, we're we're going to slut shame you, Artie. T- You're slut shamed. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. My favorite Tested of that has music. such an iconic scene. It's Sam with the aggressive hand washing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, though, is whenever he's like, don't sit next to Artie. And she's like, and Mercedes is like, why? And she, he's like, don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is the ending, though, when he's like, he, Artie is like, and it, 
oh, he said something like, um, and I paid the price. And Sam's like, herpes. And he's like, no, it was chlamydia and losing Julie. <laughs> My least favorite part of that is, though, is when he's dressed up like the giant booger. It's an STD. I don't think it's a booger. That's not a booger. Oh, wait, here's a picture. That's what it looks like. Oh, anyway. It's like a pus with a whole bunch of STDs on it. Mm, I know what it's supposed it. to be. I'm saying it looks like a booger. It looks more like a turd. Yeah. Anyway, why this is really, really irrelevant. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Bethany, you're going next with for the, that. The, the second is New New York for sure. Right. Um, so my least favorite was a tie between uh, Tina and the Sky with Diamonds and 100. But 100 <laughs> just ekes it out. Solid choice. don't like that episode. It's boring. Those are, as Snarky so eloquently put it, those are not the songs we voted for. <laughs> and One of them was, but it just it wasn't the people you wanted to sing right. on it. Um, you know an episode is bad when you're super excited that Will is taking the final bow, and you're like, yeah, this yes. is the grin of the good part. That's, that's <laughs> over. That's New Directions. That's not that even 100. Oh, crap. <laughs> um, and then my favorite... Oh, this is a hard one. Um, it's also a tie between Love, Love, Love and um, Old Dog Matrix. Oh, those are both good. I think Love, Love, Love just eats it out a little bit because, I mean, I that if I'm in a really sad place, I can watch that episode and just... You just hop oh on your, your feels motorcycle and away you go. <laughs> away I go. You know, not a single motorcycle's actually gone by. Just as a point. <laughs> Why would you burst our bubble like that? I'm sorry. It's all of the motorcycles. Anyway, it's RB's turn. Does she remember any of the episodes? <laughs> I have I have the wiki up. Okay. Yeah, see? It totally house. helps. Um, to avoid getting hate, I am no, going to say... No. no hate for RB. Nope. Um, I, I will say that my least favorite is Tina in the Sky with Diamonds because I don't understand why we have to have another prom queen episode. Like, oh, we've done it. Yeah. We've done it. So your least favorite is Tina in the Sky with Diamonds, which is okay. Yeah, because yeah. I, I literally could not remember anything from it until I'm looking at the wiki going, oh, that must have been one that I turned off halfway through because it was like... probably. And that was even after going, yeah, I should, I should rewatch, I should watch some of these episodes for the first time <laughs> and still cut it off in the middle going, my God, this is dull. Um, and for my favorite, I don't think I could have a favorite episode, but I do have favorite moments. Sure. Go for so it. So it would be a, a mix between the, we should start a New York abstinence club. Absolutely not. That's a terrible idea. Um, and, Solid. And Blaine singing with the puppets. I just really like Blaine singing with the puppets. It's like my Sesame Street fever dream. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. His too. I just love it. Yep. Um, so I guess I'm bringing up the rear here. Bring uh, you're, you're the caboose. Um, yeah, sorry, Snarky. I hate previously on Air Christmas. I think it'd just go away and I would be very happy. Um, so that's my least favorite. Plus, you guys are. Already- <laughs> <laughs> <Snarky>. <laughs> I'm well, sorry, <laughs> but there are some things that are redeeming about it. 
Kurt wants like, to get deputized. Ugh, that right there. That, that right gross there. guy. <laughs> He's so gross. Why? Anyway. Anyway. He doesn't know he's gross yet. Oh. <laughs> he's just being Why young. couldn't we see that with Blaine? Why couldn't Blaine deputize him? I know. I know. When his legs were okay. right Santa and we hadn't seen that with, with Blaine, I did, like, flip the coffee table. Sure. Okay. But Thank you. That's all I'm saying. I don't even hate the chipmunks that much. <sighs> we also got Love Child. We got Love Child. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um <laughs> love child is better than tina being prom queen and brie okay. that was a character remember her Lauren's <laughs> character a character <laughs> did you say who's brie who is brie? Yeah. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> uh i feel so lost that's okay it's <laughs> okay it was i don't even know he, Jake cheated on Just Don't even. But don't even. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, my favorite is is actually New York, which I'm really boring and that's dull. Um, it's a I will great episode. episode. It is a great episode. It is my favorite episode of the series. Um, but I will give a shout out. Love, love, love is my like happy place. So, like, if I'm really feeling down, I will pull that one out. And I think Untitled Rachel Berry Project is hilarious. Um, so, so, yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, I mean, so really, I guess- the thing is, there's, there's aspects of all of the episodes that I think are solid. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, man, that could have gotten edited down and the volume on this other one could have been turned up mm-hmm. um, for most of it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I also you know I like songs. Songs are fun. <laughs> do you do you I like? I never music? would have guessed that about you. <laughs> Is that songs why you're watching a musical show? Songs are fun. <laughs> I watch all the musical shows I can find. <laughs> How many are there? Three. Well, I watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And is there another one? I don't know. <laughs> well, there was Rise. Did you watch Rise? I did, and I hated it. I hate, kind of hated it at first, and then I loved it. And then it was over. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I was never watched ride. Smash. I guess I'll do that one. <laughs> oh, you should. Smash is pretty good. I think I would mm. probably like it. What about that? Care. That was the Empire. Did you watch Empire? No, no. I've never watched that. Is there okay. the, first se- the first season yeah. of Empire is really good. Oh, I'll just watch the first season. If I like it. <laughs> oh my gosh! If so. they're singing, I'd watch it. Even if it's singing, I don't really care for. Really? Okay, I'm well, gonna YouTube I mean, myself I watch... <laughs> and see if you watch that. <laughs> I'd anyway, would. will it have a plot? I don't know. Will we'll find get out. Deputize. <laughs> It'll be improv. We'll find I out. I mean, or you could just watch the two Mamma Mia movies over and over again. I haven't <laughs> seen the second one. Yet, I haven't seen the second one I yet shall. either. Okay. Okay, before we talk about Mamma Mia. Oh, we're unless, going to? We're going to launch into like a whole second <laughs> podcast on <laughs> I would like to end the first one. Unless, Starkey, you would have something else that you'd like to add. <sighs> Get it under control. <laughs> you know, the last did thing you that happened. I know. You I was, was did like, you, what? Did that you, wasn't so bad. And then we got to the part where I thought I stopped. And I was like, why did she make such a big deal about that? And then I went on for so much longer. <laughs> 
It was amazing. I forgotten like, about. <laughs> I, that, I actually have listened to that about five or six times because I'm so entertained by it. But if go, it's the it's the um what's it's the New York podcast. It is the last ten minutes. Every time I try to end the podcast, she says something else, <laughs> and it's just glorious. And then, especially when she's like, "In Sam's hair, God." <laughs> <laughs> So I'm giving you the platform uh, to say because uh, we're not going to talk about season five anymore, Snarky. So I just want ever to again? feel ever again. We're done. No more season five. <laughs> uh oh, that's good. Well, kidding. that's not true. I'm fairly certain there'll be a s- series wrap, and I think I'll get on yeah. that one. <laughs> I don't know. Series I'm- wrap up. Wrap up. Wrap up. <laughs> going to do it Liz Lemon style. <laughs> <laughs> Halo and Mark Anthony. Yeah, mm. I wonder if other people are as entertained as I am, though, about like the never-ending podcasts. I mean, well, I'm if they're not, they turn it off and they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to TVB no. after hours. <laughs> and after the podcast has ended, we're still. It's no, been a few done. hours. We're still talking. <laughs> it's Troy and Abed in the morning. <laughs> I mean, oh. who's still listening at this point? Kelly. Hey, Kelly. How's it going? <laughs> if I wasn't on this podcast, I would still be listening. Hey, y'all. We'd like to give a shout out to the six people still listening. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I really appreciate all of my listeners. Write to us more. We never get mail. Maybe because I, I, I just don't. I don't know. Maybe I've been trying to respond. I've had since the old dog news tricks one aired. I've been like, oh yeah, I need to respond to that one. Oh, I need to respond because you I know. called me out. You were specifically did, you were but like, I did. someone needs to, and I'm like, oh, I'm so busy. It's in my drafts. It's gonna happen. <laughs> the, you can't just when, Beetlejuice at me and expect me not to reply. <laughs> oh my god, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice. That's the funniest story about Beetlejuice, but I know you need to. No. This <laughs> if you guys want to know about Beetlejuice. <laughs> You'll have I to do. just ask Bethany offline because I'm not answering it on the podcast. Teaser campaign. <laughs> if you would like to write us, write us, and and we'll answer your questions. Um, because it'd be really fun to answer questions instead of just talk nonsensically. Um, otherwise, we are wrapping this podcast up. I would like to thank my guests for coming back and joining me in this madness, even when sometimes they're wrong. But I love them anyway. Oh, um, that's nice of you to say that about other people who are sometimes wrong. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I've never been wrong about anything in my life. either. I am yeah. always right. I will say there is one thing that season five needed more of. What? More, more Bert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. I was going to say Elliot. And Carol. Carol, <laughs> Carol just show up and cry one time and that's it. Yeah. Twice, actually, but still. And and let's take a moment to appreciate. She had to cry twice. (laughs) I love Carol. I would watch a spinoff of Bert and Carol. Oh my god, I would too. That would be amazing. Let's let's take a moment and appreciate Glitter Rock Vampire. Gonna bite ya. Gonna bite ya. And with that, I'm going to end the season five podcast. I'm we're sad. Talking about it again. We're never talking about season five again. What is the music? What was that? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought our Arby was has given up on us, and she has started watching something on TV. <laughs> <laughs>
I want to thank you guys really for being here and sticking with me because we've done over a hundred of these podcasts and good Lord. Raise your glass. Raise your glass. Yes. To uh, all of these wonderful podcasts. I will see you next week. I'm a little unsure of what it's actually going to be, but we will be back for you next Sunday. So have a great night. me feel so young you make me feel like spring has sprung like the way he's speaking his confidence is peaking